0: Tell Your Story, an oral history series for the Community of Northridge Presbyterian Church podcast. I'm Savannah Shivers, the pastoral resident here, and I will be your podcast host. This podcast focuses on nine oral histories or life stories of the members of Northridge that centers on one topic, speaking on faith journeys, specifically how faith journeys relate to God's work and members' past and present major life experiences. Everyone's faith journey is different because we are all unique. Some people have steady faith journeys, where they always feel close to God, and some people have peaks and valleys in their faith journeys, where they sometimes feel close to God, and sometimes they do not. There is no right or wrong faith journey. There are just faith journeys. So, over the course of this podcast, we will hear nine different faith stories from nine different individuals. These individuals represent the rich diversity of Northridge members in terms of age, experience, and different identities. I believe that sharing one's faith story serves as a way to connect and get to know each other better and more deeply. It is also a way to help build community by getting to know people and their life stories. After all, the church is a community of unique and diverse people that comes together in fellowship to worship God. We are the church together, so let us learn about each other's life stories. Let's get started. And on our final episode of the podcast, today we are here with Barbara Rader. Barbara, thank you for being here.
1: Sure, I'm happy to do this.
0: So I have a question for you. Okay. I'm wondering if you could please think of a pivotal moment or event in your faith journey
1: and tell us a little little bit about it. Okay, Savannah, for me, I think it was easier to tell my story by writing it down on paper. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to just read it through first, and then you can ask me any questions you want afterward. Does that work? Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Okay. Thanks. Thinking of a pivotal time in my faith journey is not difficult. In fact, I believe I have had several points in my life, but they were all eventually leading me to a moment of transformation. To go back and recount this time in my life, I must first express my gratitude to our former associate pastor, Susan Bratt. She had asked me to come meet with her to discuss a book she wanted me to lead for an adult Sunday school class, The book was called Falling Upwards by Richard Rohr. I had never heard of Rohr, but happily agreed to read the book and eventually led the class with Ray Chavez. This is such an example of God using a person as a conduit in another person's life. Reading that book opened my eyes to a much larger picture of God working in the universe. I truly believe he was preparing me with a deeper way of knowing for the next chapter of my life. He was also giving me a wonderful new friendship in Ray. I believe it was no accident or coincidence that I was given the book to read. A few months later that year, my life and and stable container fell apart, ending in divorce. Every security, every identity was shaken to the core. We sold our house on this very street, and our family unit, as we knew it, was unraveling on so many levels, on so many levels. Pieces of our life were now out on the curb for others to pick through or wait for big trash pickup. Possessions were divided and boxed up. The for sale sign was in the yard, and I had to find a new place to live. It was one morning in my new home, with barely any furniture and a body frame that was overly thin and fragile, that I heard God speak to me. He said, I've got you, and I'm going to use you in ways you can't imagine. Ever since then, my body clock began waking me up early for an amazing quiet time each morning. I let God lead me with the scripture and books he put in front of me to read. Hours would go by. I couldn't get enough of this time together. I could feel God's presence as he was slowly teaching me a new way to see and to live in this world. He surrounded me with old and new friends as I slowly began to heal and transform. Richard Rohr quickly became my favorite author. I've probably read about 10 of his books and taken an online, class, an online class for his book, The Immortal Diamond, which Ray and I would later lead another Sunday school class discussion group. But there have been other authors, too. All were opening me up to a new way of living. I call this period in my life desert time. I believe God took me there to heal, to, heal, to learn how to forgive myself and to show me a new way to live in this world. By falling, I found. By losing, I gained. I was falling upward, just as the book described. It has been six years now since that point of what Roar calls a time of order to disorder to eventually a new reorder. To this day, I wake up for a quiet time with a big steaming cup Mm -hmm. of coffee. I truly get excited to spend these waking moments alone with God. He was quietly begging me for this time together all along, but I wasn't listening. I think he is yearning for this time together with all of us. I love the saying, we must be quiet long enough to hear God whisper. Think about that. Sometimes I make myself stop what I'm doing to close my eyes, take a few deep breaths, long enough to be still, to hear him speak. Our lives are so full of busyness, lists, and the distractions from phones, watches, iPads, earbuds. They all rob us from moments of stillness with God. Roar and others talk about our false self, the ego self, the necessary container we build in the first half of life. But at some point, and usually it's through a traumatic event, Our ego gets shaken to the core, and we realize we must die before we die. The false self isn't enough anymore, and the true self emerges. That part deep within our soul, the divine DNA that God has implanted within each of us, almost like a homing device that is always calling us back to him, I believe God hides or waits patiently in the depths of things, waiting for us to turn inward. Unfortunately, we tend to stay busy on the surface, letting our ego be in charge. In this life on earth, we will never be able to completely shed our false self, but it does become possible to live more and more in your true self, to begin letting go of pride, the need for status, and the competition to be on top. Instead, you become more content with less and gravitate towards stillness, Priorities begin to change. Things that were important before tend to melt away to make room for an ever-expanding way to love. I don't want to give anyone the impression that I have mastered any of this, but I can say I at least now see some of the times when I'm operating out of my false self. I can see my ego is leading the charge and it is so disappointing to recognize. But God is teaching me that that His presence is all around and forever and always within me and within all of us, whether we recognize it or not. Our response becomes not an offering up, but an offering to go in. That's where we truly find God. And we can say, as Jacob did, you have been here all along, and I did not know it. Okay, that's my story.
0: I love how you wake up and have quiet time of thought. I'm wondering what that looks like if you have
1: an agenda or do you just sit and listen, or, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, well, I work around two things every morning. Um, I always, Richard Rohr does have a daily meditation and I get that online, it comes to my phone. so. I always do that, and some days are better than others. But for the well, most sure. part, um, yeah, I really enjoy that. And then I always read Jesus Calling. Um, that I book that has one. just always been a part, and I'm just amazed how so many mornings it is just what I needed to hear. Um, so i those are those are my two staples. But I've I've usually done those, but then I usually try to read that morning too, if time allows. So that's when I've read a lot of those Roar books, um, mm. Thomas Merton, I just all yeah. kinds of authors. Um, and it seems like it'll be, you know, I'll be reading a Roar book or something and he'll mention another author. And so then I kind of feel like, oh my gosh, that's supposed to be the next book I'm that's supposed awesome. to read. So that's really the way it's, it's happened, um, but I do, I just, it's it's the first thing I do. And yeah. um, I, you know, sometimes I'm humbled midday that uh, something will happen. It's like, dang on it, you didn't even, did you hear a word that was <laughs> in your quiet time this morning? You're like, you were not paying attention. But um, But other days it's really cool how, some situation or some person will be there and it's like okay I see what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to you know be there for you so yeah I love um there's a saying and I'm not sure if it's Roar I think it is but he says um God doesn't call qualified people he qualifies the people he calls and I think um you know, we can all be open to that in our everyday life. That if he wants to use us, he will qualify us for that, for that need. So, yeah, um, I think being open and available to hear that call is is our part in that. So.
0: this journey and pivotal moment, I'm wondering how your sense of self has changed over the years and or your relationship with Mm -hmm. God Okay
1: Well, I think as I mentioned earlier I've learned how often we're operating in our false self which is ego driven At least I can say I'm trying to live more in my true self which just the old things that were more important to just mm-hmm. tend to melt away a little bit. I'm okay with that. So I I think I try to be more intentional about the people I'm with. You know, I know we all say we want to be present, but I think I'm picking up on cues better from people of you know, oh she I think something might be bothering her, you know, I wonder mm-hmm. if if maybe I should grab a cup of coffee with her or I feel like I'm a little more in tune to recognizing other people's feelings than maybe I was before all of this fell apart. So
0: oh, that makes sense and like that reminds me of what you said about god whispering to you or putting stuff on your heart
1: yeah just being still long enough to hear him speak and i again we we get so busy and it's so tempting to just pick up that phone and start scrolling through mindlessly scrolling through and we're all guilty of it for sure but when you don't do that and you can try to give yourself moments of um, stillness. I think we're amazed at how often he is giving us signs. The more you are open to it, the more you will see how active he is walking among us. You know, the transformation of going through a traumatic event just knocks you to your core and your ego realizes it's not enough and you gotta, you know, that's when God is really able to get our attention. Fortunately, it does tend to be a traumatic event that takes you to that space. But you know, in hindsight, difficult as all of that is or was I like how I've grown since then so if that's what I had to go through to get me to this space I'm not bitter about any of it because I think I had to go through it there's a, again I'm sorry I'm such a war fan but I quote him a lot he talks about having sacred wounds and that he even uses the reference of Jesus when he appears again to, I think Peter, well, it's doubting Thomas. The um, nail holes are still in his hands and in his feet, and and Roar is saying, you know, we never get rid of those scars. They're but they become sacred ones that we can you know look back on and realize how he was with us, walking with us through those hard times and what we've learned through that. So
0: well thank you so much for sharing your story story. It's such a blessing and so inspiring to hear from you. Okay, well thank you for the opportunity. Thank you.